Hello, everyone. This is Dwayne Samuels, and welcome back to another episode of Got 10 Minutes. This is brought to you by Same Logic, action based in product surveys powered by AI. Today, I'm very excited to have Joseph Argiro on the show. Joseph is currently the lead product manager at The Void, where he's focused on building NFT and blockchain-based products. He has a wealth of experience spanning enterprise innovation, startups, and the crypto space. Previously, Joseph spearheaded growth at ICO Alert, taking them from 50000 to over $1 million in monthly revenue. He's also held roles at companies like Vanguard, Hewlett Packard Enterprise, and more. With his diverse background and hands-on PM experience, I knew Joseph would be like a fantastic guest to have on our show. Um, and Joseph, thank you for joining us for our podcast today. Thanks for having me, Dwayne. Awesome. Um, so, so Joseph, uh, I'm really interested in how you got into the product management space. What led you to the space and what led you to your current role at The Void? Yeah, so... Uh... The reason how I got into product actually uh, goes a decade back to when I was in college, and I actually went to school for in, in an honors program at Lehigh that allowed me to pick an engineering major and a business major, and the purpose of that integrated business and engineering program was to actually engineer products and bring them to market. So what I built out of that my capstone project there was actually a web application similar to Uber and Airbnb for college mm -hmm. tours back in 2015, 2016, when the uh, the platform marketplace business model was uh, very hot, uh, mm -hmm. essentially Uber for X type, type yeah. business. Um, so I built that, was successful for a short period of time, but ended up having some legal issues, growing pains, and eventually had to sell the software for pennies on the dollar of what it could have been. But that's what that's where I learned how to build build products by essentially building products. And then I worked on Wall Street for a couple of years at Vanguard until I got the itch to start building early stage startups again. So I joined a crypto startup called ICOalert.com as their second employee and quickly moved into a head of product role as we scaled to uh, five people to 30 people in kind of that early stage product role, lead product role. And that was kind of the informal, really early stage startup experience that is where I learned how to build products to eventually leverage that into a more of a formal product management career. Interesting. So uh, like you got into it through your capstone pretty much. Um, the experience with building products, you got your love for it from from from, from that capstone project. That's That's really nice. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, and that's how I ended up I actually ended up at Hewlett Packard in a, in a product management role before I started to go uh, dive back into the Web3 ecosystem, uh, enter the void where, where I'm currently working. Nice. So you have experience across like multiple domains, enterprise, startups, blockchain. Uh, how, how does your experience in different environments influence how you approach product development? It definitely allows you to see the idea of building products from two different vantage points, right? Because at an early stage startup, you essentially have to be extremely resourceful um, because you don't have kind of that supporting cast of, for example, designers, front-end developers, all, all, all those different things that you, it, it just requires a, almost a different skill set of 
Um, if you if you don't have the answer, you need to just be resourceful and find the right people who have it. Um, mm. where, and really just trying to actually uh, do uh, a lot of the things yourself in a more ambiguous environment without much direction. Um, so I think that experience is what taught me, I guess, yeah, definitely taught me how to be resourceful, where as working as a product manager in more of an enterprise company, it's certainly a little more cushy. Uh, you have a lot of resources at your disposal, um, but you don't get the same feeling of autonomy over mm. and over your product. Um, so it feels more like being a cog in the wheel, but it's certainly more comfortable um, of, an ex of, a, of a job. Um, so I think those are uh, the differences I would say between kind of enterprise and early stage startups. So with that being said, do you think that cushiness allows bigger companies to innovate less or does it cause them to, yeah, like what are the pros and cons of that? I would ask. Yeah. So I think <clears throat> it certainly allows, it certainly enables employees to feel comfortable, which results in less innovation at bigger, more enterprise companies. And that's just a fact, right? It's been proven that big companies have problems innovating and, and adapting to new technologies. Uh, but yeah, so that is the innovation piece. But I would say from a pros and cons perspective, uh, from from at least from, an, from a product manager employee standpoint, I think you you learn the for, the formal pieces of product management by working at a bigger enterprise um which is great because it, it it helps you to do your job more effectively um you know learning how to use uh, or or being even trained how to use the existing tools uh like per, for example figma adobe all the miro all these different you know uh, workflow prototyping tools that are that that are used in the enterprise where as uh at, at in a startup experience you're kind of forced to learn on your own um which i think is a really important skill set because when you're kind of thrown into the fire and forced to learn on your own then you develop that skill set of just mm. being useful, being able to solve problems on your own or finding the right people to to help you um, which is still being resourceful, I, I would argue. So uh, I think those are kind of the trade-offs. What excites you most about building products in the NFT and blockchain space compared to more traditional software products? And what are some of the unique challenges there as well? Um, I would say the 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 great thing about building in emerging tech or in the Web3 blockchain space is that you're really creating things that have never been done before, or at least that's what we're doing in Enter the Void. Um, so that's incredibly both challenging and exciting to develop new capabilities in the blockchain space. Uh, but that also comes with a, lo a lot of challenges, right? Because the market may, may not appreciate or understand what you're doing. So you have to do a lot of education on why your solution um, it, it is needed or is comp is complementary in in the in the space, and the second part of your question is is uh is eluding me. What was the second part of your question? 
Uh, you started answering it. it was around the challenges, you know, so it's really challenging at times, you know, so and comparing that, I think like the, the entire question was more around um, building products in the NFT and blockchain space, and then comparing that to traditional um, stuff and then uh, the unique challenges for both. Mm -hmm. I would say one of the I would say the biggest challenge in building in the Web3 space um, is that since it's since a lot of it has never been done before there's not a whole lot of documentation mm. uh, to support what you're trying to do which makes it i would say 10 times harder whereas mm. you're built if you're building with techno with technologies that have been around for over a decade there tend to be uh well documented and 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 very easy to use so i guess that's kind of the trade off between existing tech and emerging tech. So with that being said, like every PM has to at times walk things from the idea stage to the production stage, right? Sometimes PMs do a bit more, you know, maintenance, but a lot of times uh, you strike me as someone who like, you know, understands the process of like, you know, taking something from the ground and and uh and, and and just making it really really um great. So walk me through your product development process from like idea to launch and how do you incorporate uh, some form of experimentation and user feedback in that entire process? Sure. Uh so the beginning of the product development life cycle starts with uh a handful of things. I would say one is market research. So understanding the market that you're trying to penetrate. The second is really uh, identifying what problem you're trying to solve. And thirdly, would be identifying your target customer of who you expect to use your product. And that, I think that's the first step. Uh, and then I think step two would be to start to... Uh, I'll, I'll give an example is uh, you'd actually uh, a good first step is to put up a, a landing page so that you can gauge interest from your target market to determine if you're, you're solving something that's worth solving. And then from there, uh, I would move in, uh, into a, a process of actually speaking with customers and trying to identify their pain points. So doing customer interviews and uh, from there, I would look to create a PRD or a product requirements document that outlines all of the why of why we're building this product, what high level features and requirements go into it so that the broader team has a full scope of understanding of, of what we're trying to build. Uh, and then from there, I would go, I would say step three would be to go into a, a wireframing or at wireframing and then prototyping stage, step three. Uh, that would be first be uh, starting out actually with pen and paper to, to draw out how I would see the user flow working and then use uh, a software a, like Miro or Lucidchart to actually map out the, the user flow as well as the wireframe for what a rough sketch of what the you think uh, I think the product would look like, and that those steps would need to be would would need to be taken before I actually would bring in other resources such as design, engineering, or or anything like that. So I think that is kind of the my progression of 
building products from zero to one. So, so as a lead PM, how do you balance uh, setting product vision and strategy with being hands-on with product vision, with product, um, the, the, the product execution? Um, I think, so dealing with product, trying to get buy-in from stakeholders on product vision, I think the first step is identifying a North Star of where we want to get to in the future and what we're building towards, and then work backwards to create what I would call an epic, which is a larger theme that specific issues or requirements would roll up into. So each epic could have hundreds of different smaller tasks associated with it. But breaking the pro the, the North Star product down into, say, 5, 10, 15 different epics of deliverables so that you can you can start to break down that product vision into more actionable steps. But I think to answer your question is that to, to, to align on product vision, you need a North Star and then go one step deeper to say, these are the eight different uh, larger deliverables that we need to work to, to reach our North Star. So also with your your deep background in, in the blockchain and digital asset uh, industry, how do you stay on top of the latest um, like trends uh, and and also see if if it's worthwhile incorporating those things into the product you're building? Yeah, that, that's a good question. And I would say the informal answer is actually Twitter. So a lot of the crypto and blockchain ecosystem actually lives on Twitter and you see news and insights on Twitter, which seems counterintuitive given that it's social media. Uh, but a lot, so within the blockchain and crypto ecosystem, it's a little bit different from traditional tech and that people are willing to put their ideas out in the open because they believe, we the people in the blockchain space believe in uh building in public and collaboration rather than you know controlling all of their ip and being secretive and working in stealth people in the in the blockchain and crypto space really appreciate people who work who build in public and then get feedback from their customers that way uh which i think tightens the product feedback loop and allows you to iterate and improve faster um, but your question around how do I how do I stay on top of the latest trends? It's a I, I probably have about 15 newsletters that I receive on different topics within the crypto ecosystem that I'll read through from thought leaders in the space. Uh, so I would say that the, uh, those resources and Twitter is how I stay on top of what's what's new in the blockchain space. Oh, nice. So as as a um... What's a recent product initiative uh, that you led that you're really proud of? And uh, walk me through uh, if you actually use any uh, cross-functional uh, team uh, efforts inside there. If you if you did, walk me through how that worked. Sure. So the uh, I would say the most the, the the recent product that I've been building cross-functionally has been around. Um, our NFT infrastructure protocol and onboarding developers into our private alpha in order so that we can get that product feedback uh, to build to their specifications. So what I had to do is actually work with marketing to develop a funnel of 
to qualify developers who are interested in in participating in our uh, developer alpha program and working with marketing to help that educate uh, marketing so that they could properly explain the benefits of what they would receive and uh, by participating in the private alpha of our uh, infrastructure protocol uh, and developing on that on our platform. Um, So I would say the that working cross-functionally and distilling down technical requirements into layman's terms so that that a larger audience can actually understand what we're building, not just developers, I think is probably is kind of the challenge of product management, right? And being able to mm. talk to engineers and take take the technical specifications and then distill it down into something that's more public facing, whether it's a slide deck or marketing copy material, uh, and then you know, translating that and working with the, the the more marketing sales team to be able to con- convey that effectively, uh, I would say is just an example of uh, working cross-functionally mm. in a product. I will also, like, I'm really interested. You have, you have a long uh, career um, and uh, lots of experience. What's one area of your skill set that you've had to develop over time to become a stronger product leader? And how has improving that area impacted your work overall? Yeah, so I think one area that I knew I, knew I needed to improve in um, was more of uh infrastructure developer tooling rather than what I'll call digital product management, which is more working more on the non-technical side of product management, which is kind of where I started my career in product management. Uh, even though I have an uh, I, I do have an engineering background, I started uh in, uh, in the digital uh product space, but by working at Enter the Void, I was forced to learn a lot about protocol level and infrastructure level developer tools that um such as compilers and and things like that um that developers use on a regular basis so uh and that'll that by doing that research and that work it really allowed me to work more closely with uh engineering to actually understand their needs uh and and it allowed me to uh, to 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 do my job better, and especially moving forward now that I have I've uh, spent the time to learn some of those more technical and really developer type um, skill sets, not from a not from a coding or keystroking perspective, but understanding from an architecture perspective why we why those pieces uh, are put in place and how they work together uh, to sort of deliver the the end experiences um that I'm used to building so uh I think that the the weakness was just not understanding developer level tooling by going through this process now I feel like I'm I'm a, uh, a more equipped product manager to do my job and um so so that's my experience kind of turning a maybe turning a weakness into a strength yeah that's the most powerful type of product manager uh if, if if you could go back and give yourself some uh some advice, if you could give your younger self some advice, 
uh, when you were starting out in product, what would it be? Advice that I would give to myself earlier in my career is that the 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 best thing that you can do to learn faster and more in shorter periods of time in a product role is to ask as many questions as humanly possible because that that's how you really start to understand each person's role and their capabilities as well as their limitations on your team because as a product manager it's your job to kind of uh, bring everything together from the, your different resources, developers, designers, and all that. So by asking a, 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 a lot of questions, you can start to understand understand your team and understand their strengths and weaknesses so that you can be as resourceful as possible to fill in gaps uh, where, where necessary. So this is my last question here. I ask everyone on the show, um, this question. So this, this can be work-related or personal or anything. Um, what's what's one weakness that you've turned into your strength? I think beyond the 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 I guess the weakness that I described around developer tooling and and, and going down that rabbit hole. Um, I would say a weakness that I've that I've turned in my into a strength is that in um is that. In a product management role, you don't necessarily have authority, but you're, it requires you to influence the people on your team without direct authority. Um, and uh, earlier in my career, I think I tried to accomplish that by, by more, more direct uh, statements, such as, uh, yeah, more, being more direct on saying like, this is the product requirements, and this is what we need to do to accomplish them, and being very direct. And what I realized over my career is that the best way to get buy-in from all of your stakeholders is actually to just educate them on why you're building the product in this order or in this direction by... Uh, rather than making a hard sell, uh, almost educate them uh, on the background so that it, that the your team actually believes has more buy has buy in and believes in the solution and uh, and the best way to accomplish that is to actually think is to actually uh, allow them to think it was their idea almost from a, an idea inception standpoint. So just giving them the tools and and the knowledge for them to come to their own conclusions about why we should be approaching a problem this way, rather than just telling them how it is. It's mm. more, you're, it's it's way more effective to just educate and then eventually they 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 or hopefully they'll kind of see your side of why you're building a product in a certain way in a certain order, um, because that's how you get buy in. Uh, from from people is that is like is giving them the the education so that they think it's they actually think it's their it's their, it was their it's their decision right not necessarily me telling every, everyone what to do. Mm. Joseph, it was amazing speaking with you, learning your background, learning your experience, and thank you for sharing 
your story with us today on Got 10 Minutes. Uh, where can I or listeners find you if they'd like to connect? Sure. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Joseph Argiro. Uh, you can also find our company on Twitter at, at Enter the Void NFT. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn, Joseph Argiro. You can find me there. Um, that's it. All right. Thank you for sharing and uh, see you next time. Thanks, Dwayne. Thanks for having me. And thanks for listening to the Got 10 Minutes podcast. Stay in touch. Please follow us on LinkedIn or the podcast app you're listening to us on right now for more episodes. Take care.